What's up, everyone? We're here for post-game Locked On Bucks as uh, the big game Bucks get it done again, this time in Utah. The first time in 750 years the Bucks have won <laughs> Utah. It's an incredible achievement. Brook Lopez is back. Giannis uh, played uh, well again, so there's plenty to talk about here. Drew Holiday in the fourth quarter. We're going to break it all down, so let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As always, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every single day. And uh, by the way, just need to make mention of what time we're recording this. Now, I I, <laughs> I didn't realize that the clock's changed in the US. You guys are doing it a couple of weeks earlier. In Australia, we are really dragging out the daylight savings process. So we've got a couple more weeks of daylight savings. So this is, uh, is it is it nearly 1 a.m., Frank? It is. It is 12.49 Central Time here. Um, All right, I'm going to need you to fire up, okay? If, you know, you, just because it's 1 o'clock doesn't mean you need to be low on energy here. There, there's no way I'd be here if the Bucks had lost this game. <laughs> I'd be sleeping soundly. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation event like winning in Utah happens, um, that's, that is worthy of, of staying up to podcast. And I don't, I don't know. Can't, I mean, I, you know, I see the, the numbers of people who listen to, to us blather about basketball and it, it is humbling and we appreciate everybody listening. I don't know why thousands of people do it when we talk about, you know, these, these, these games. Um, but it's awesome. And, um, I think, you know, we obviously love talking about games, especially when they're wins. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Bucks fans are going to wake up on Tuesday morning, um, feeling uh, very different than they usually feel after Utah games. And, um, you know, a, a big night, not just a win in Utah, but a return of Brooke Lopez. Um, certainly a lot of storylines to come out of this game and one that, you know, we, we had to, we had to stay up late to, to talk about this one. Well, you mentioned ESPN. I just quickly want to say, I mentioned this tweet that I had on the weekend about Clay Thompson and people were very angry. And one of the comments that I got back that I enjoyed the most, and I wish I could give this person credit, but I don't have it up. Someone said, oh my goodness, this is what ESPN's done to you already, which I, I, which I thought was honestly pretty humorous stuff. So I enjoyed that. But you're right. I, I used to joke going back a few seasons ago, and this was prior to the Bucks making the NBA NBA Finals, and it still felt like such a far fetched idea that the Bucks would reach the finals. That if they that they were fortunate that Phoenix were a terrible team, because if they ever got Phoenix in the NBA Finals, there's no chance they're winning the title. <laughs> now, thankfully, uh, they did, and they came up with some, a big win in Phoenix in particular. But uh, Utah's kind of been in the same boat. I was always like, "Geez, you wouldn't want to be rolling into Utah having not won there since 2001 for the NBA Finals." But they broke. Uh, that tonight, which is really nice. 117, 111 was the final. We can get into all of this, but let's start with Brooke Lopez. He came back uh, onto the floor. I don't believe he played in the first quarter at all, but started the second quarter on the floor. I tweeted about it. He was shaking his head in disgust within the first two minutes, which we missed. And now, this did come after an air ball 
which could be disguised as a pass to Javon Carter under the basket. He caught it cleanly. But after that, honestly, Frank, I thought he was very enthusiastic, uh, very physical defensively, racked up the fouls. And I think part of it was just he was so excited uh, to be out there. But he generally did have some pretty damn good defensive moments in this game. And I think above all else, I was looking to see how he moved every time he got a, a bump uh, trying to box out or something. I was looking at him to see if he was okay. But for the most part, uh, Brook Lopez looked pretty good in this game. He only played 14 and a half minutes, which seems about right. But he looked to be moving pretty well. And that's all I think we could ask from the first game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brook even before the injury moved at a somewhat yes. glacial pace <laughs> yes. to begin with. So to, to try to eyeball, you know, yeah. <laughs> whether he's moving faster or slower is, is, is kind of tough. I think uh, probably the, the best barometer is going to be we're used to him despite his glacial movements um, dunking and playing above the rim at times around the basket. And so I think that'll be an interesting to watch for is, you know, does he still look to have not just the physical ability up, but just the confidence to really, play aggressively around the basket. He's obviously got a ton of finesse. I mean, he really doesn't need to, you know, break that out too much, but, yeah. um, you know, thinking back to, to like the game five against Atlanta last year, when he was thrown down alley-oops all over the place or that huge dunk in game six, uh, of the, you know, the clinching game last year against Phoenix, where in the third quarter bucks are making that run and drew has that nice dump off and he comes in for just that monster dunk. Um, you know, he is an enormous man. He has extremely long arms, uh, and I thought right away, Bucks give up 39 points in the first quarter. And again, Utah hit 10 threes. I thought the Bucks' engagement and pressure at the point of attack was lacking for large segments of that first quarter. Um, it felt like a very kind of like, all right, you know, Drew get over a screen, Giannis will drop, and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll miss shots. That, that kind of <laughs> felt like the vibe early, and the Jazz were not missing shots. And, um, you know, it was, I think, maybe a little coincidental that the Jazz started missing um, more shots when Brooke was on the floor. But I thought overall, um, you know, Wes Matthews came in and I thought did a really nice job just putting a lot more pressure on the ball than the Bucks starters did. Javon Carter had another really important contribution tonight, even with George Hill back. And I do think Brooke, you know, just his size around the basket, um, you know, we saw Giannis. Um, defending Rudy for long stretches, including to start the game and including down the stretch. And I thought at times we saw sort of the limitations of Giannis going up against a guy as enormous as Rudy. <laughs> He's one of the few guys who can make Giannis look small. And there were a few plays where Giannis trying to play drop coverage against Rudy and Conley or Rudy and, and Mitchell. That's just really hard. <laughs> it's just really hard to do. And Giannis can make spectacular plays. But um, but again, that was just really difficult. So I thought, you know, Brooke gave them some nice minutes. Um, I think he was plus eight in the second quarter. They go on their big run to kind of turn the game around. Um, and, you know, it felt like going into the halftime, felt like the Bucks were sitting in really good shape. And then we remembered that third quarters exist. And unfortunately, the third quarter happened and then some. Um, but Brooke comes back. And, you know, I think there were some shakier moments from the Bucks in general in that third quarter, even in the second half of it. But Drew Holiday in particular really kind of steadied the ship. And, Obviously, very nice to see Drew. I mean, to get 15 minutes out of Brook, I mean, you know, what do you expect him in the regular season? Normally, like 25. Um, to get 15 from him and the first time in five, six months since he last played um, and looking the way he he did, I think you'll, you know, you'll definitely take that. Um, he was 
hopefully he's gotten some of the trigger happiness out of his system. Like the first three threes he took, the first, the first two were just like really not quality shots. <laughs> it's like he was trying to make up for lost time, but he hit the third one. Uh, his only field goal of the night did drop a couple fouls later in the third quarter. Um, but, uh, but again, just, just great to have that dimension back. Great to have that back in your arsenal. And, um, you know, I, I think all of us are trying to figure out exactly kind of how Bud reintegrates him into the rotation, but it's definitely a weird look to be starting essentially your two best power forwards and then having your two traditional centers come off the bench because we saw Serge Ibaka play in the first half and then not play at all in the second half. And so, you know, we can talk about kind of what 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 they sort of need to do from a rotational standpoint to kind of make all that make sense. But, um, you know, I, Look, I was concerned, is Brook Lopez going to be, how close is he going to be to the regular Brook Lopez we're used to? Um, I thought this was encouraging. I think you have to think it's going to take a little while for him to get his timing on both ends back. Um, but certainly, you know, again, just getting through 15 minutes, get a win. He looked like, you know, him, his old self, especially defensively at times. Um, I thought that was obviously a, a huge step for him. And Hopefully, um, you know, to me, hopefully you can get him back into the starting lineup sooner, sooner rather than later, uh, even if he's not playing 25, 28 minutes, just to kind of reset the rotation a little bit and rebalance the rotation a bit. And um, But we'll see. But again, just, you know, hey, you're just so happy to see him as, as even an option, as a name in the box score after so many months out. Yeah, Bucks undefeated, 2-0 with Giannis, uh, Chris Drew, and Brooke Lopez in the lineup. And I had some pushback. I waffled on on the podcast by myself last night, Frank, and had some pushback about the Abaka stuff I was talking about, that what is this going to mean for him in the rotation? Well, Brooke only played 15 minutes, and as you pointed to, Abaka only played seven minutes. And I think that he is probably the odd man out, when, particularly in a playoff rotation, when those guys, if Brooke can get back up to mid-20s, then it's just going to be difficult to see uh, where the minutes come. But we'll see what Bud does with that. But I spoke about Abaka, and if you want a Abaka winner, then go to betonline.net because it's that time of year again in college basketball's tournament. Is that a pun? I you said that like it was a pun. I didn't even get I don't know if I got what you said, but if, if go you ahead, wanna, read the if you, wanna, if you want an Abaka winner, if you want an Abaka winner. Then, oh, back a winner. Okay. Yeah. Then go to betonline.net. It's the number one slot for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet online remains the best spot for the scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. There's hockey, uh, baseball back, by the way, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find at betonline.net as well. Favorite Vegas casino games are there as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. It's BetOnline where the game starts. Uh, make sure you do check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. Uh, get a wrap of the night's play. Hear about Jokic taking down Embiid. Hear about the Lakers stinking it up. That's all today on the Locked On Now podcast. After you're done, we've locked on Bucks. Frank, where do you want to go now? Giannis and Gobert, what are you thinking? Well, first, I want to give a shout out here. Um, I was on uh, the Toytonia World podcast recently. Our oh, lovely. Friend, yeah. of the, friend of the pod, Ben, <laughs> a.k.a. David Dunn. Um, and uh, he, he has some really good merch. I mean, I, I, uh, I do not endorse his takes on Chris Middleton or, yes. or jerseys, but I think he's got some really nice merch. So I, I know people listening have not, it on, not on YouTube can't uh, can't see, but I've got a, a pretty cool um, shirt that he hooked me up with for being on the pod recently. So um, I guess I think this is like a Kanye West reference. I'm not a Kanye fan, but I, I think this like little deer guy with a Bucks shirt floating away with a Bucks and six 
mixtape. Anyway, that's very nice. Cool, cool merch from uh, from from him. To shout out to Ben for that. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, <laughs> I think I think Bucks fans, you know, me included, right? I'm Giannis super fan slash stat watcher. Uh, you know, I think we had sort of on our on our card tonight. We were hoping for. I don't know, Embiid and Jokic to hold each other to like, you know, 15 points. And I don't know, maybe the Nuggets win in in uh, in Philly or something like that. Embiid, 34 points, ended up having a kind of bigger statistical game. Jokic, a really good all-around game. And they end up winning, obviously, which helps the Bucs, uh, put the Bucks back into the second seed uh, going into this game. Which, again, I don't even know if we should be rooting for the second seed, <laughs> given the specter of the uh, Brooklyn Nets potentially being aligned to that seed, but who knows what's going to happen, whether they're actually going to be in the seventh seed, whether there's a chance that they could move up. Um, I do so not the Bucks, know. Just but... quickly, your, is your opinion the same as mine? Based on what we saw last year, no matter who it is, the Bucks aren't playing any shenanigans here. I expect they're just going to try to win every game. I don't think so. I, yeah. I mean, look, are, are the Bucks going to potentially rest guys down the stretch, like in back-to-backs? Yeah, I think there's, I, I don't think they're going to, you know, go all out to win as many games as possible. That would certainly be surprising given their MO the last couple of years. Um, but that said, are they going to tank a game so that they can set up a different playoff opponent? That I would not expect, right? Because mm-hmm. they didn't do it last year, right? When a lot of us thought that they'd be better off trying to avoid Miami. Next thing, you know, a few months later, they're NBA champions. So, um, but coming into this game, I think, um, you know, MVP, obviously you would have liked the ESPN game. Um it would have been nice if Giannis had dropped, you know, 45 on Rudy Gobert's head, shown why Rudy Gobert is not the defensive player of the year, and in the process uh, improved his own MVP standings. Uh, don't know if that really happened tonight. I think probably the the biggest winner tonight in terms of defensive player of the year was was <laughs> was Hassan Whiteside, because <laughs> for some reason Hassan Whiteside gave Giannis all sorts of problems, um, but Rudy Gobert really didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, again, but th- these are how, how, I, how high the standards are for Giannis. Now he puts up 30 points on 50% shooting, 15 rebounds, four assists, just one turnover. And we're like, yeah, but Giannis, uh, it would have been nice if he dropped like 40, you know, like that would have been a really nice statement dropping 40. Um, but, uh, playing with foul trouble, that obviously was a factor taking him out midway through the third quarter. And that was a really important stretch, right? Cause the bucks again, third quarter. Jesus, man, none of it. I mean, look, none of us know that there is not some easy explanation for why this is happening. We've been talking about this for two and a half months, probably since December. The team's been getting asked about this. There's been awareness of it tonight. They once again stink it up in the third quarter. They needed really like a big rally at the end of the third quarter to only lose the third quarter by 13 points, right? They were down by 10 um, at one point, and they were up nine at, at uh, uh, let's see, they were up, yeah, they were up nine at halftime. They got outscored by 13, so they're down four going into the fourth quarter, and that took pretty much all of Drew Holiday's heroics to uh, trim it back down to, to that because they were down by double digits at one point in the third quarter. Giannis only had two points. It was, you know, they were just kind of, again, like settling for, normal shots that they take, but they weren't really, I would say offensively, they weren't being super aggressive. Um, and I thought the jazz obviously just started making shots again. Right. I mean, jazz are an explosive offense. Uh, they have been the last two years and when they make threes, there's not a, a ton you can do to, to stop them. Um, but thankfully fourth quarter 
Uh, I think I think I think Gobert came back in around maybe like the eight minute mark, something like that. Giannis had 19 points at that at that moment, and rest of the way, the league's leading fourth quarter scorer scores another 11 points down the stretch. And you know, again, I thought what we saw from Giannis, um, he had an early jump shot, but for the most part, he was not settling for jump shots tonight. Missed two threes, but one of them was, you know, a hail mary, you know, at the end of a quarter, which. Of course, only Giannis is like one of the few players who still is willing to take those uh, and, and hurt his three-point percentage. Um, but I thought we saw from him, you know, aggression. Like as soon as Gobert was in there, yeah. um, we saw him drive for like a, a running hook shot. Um, then the next play down, he got a rebound, drove the length of the floor, went right at Gobert. Gobert tries to foul him, tie him up, and Giannis still somehow scores for an and one, makes the free throw. Um, and then we saw another hook shot. Um, down the stretch from him as well, and then two free throws to to clinch it there at the very end. So, um, you know, I'd say an under control performance from him. And um, again, this is this is where he's at, right? That that felt like kind of an average game from him. Um, I, I think it's interesting how much more he seems to shoot the hook shot against Rudy. It's like he knows that you know he can't just just try to like bully him and, and dunk on him every time. Although he does that from time to time too. Um, but he shot a hook shot for his first basket of the game. And then in the, in the fourth quarter, we saw him um, drop in a couple more, which are obviously, you know, we, we talk about it semi-regular, right? Like if he kind of gets comfortable with that shot um, and was went to it more often, um, it's a devastating shot because nobody can stop it. You know, if he's throwing it up there with that, that high release point, you know, eight to 10 foot hook shot. Um, so yeah, did what needed to be done. And, I'll be honest. I don't know how you felt about the rotation down the stretch. I thought it, it's worth discussing. Obviously, I think you know they probably felt like Brooke wasn't an option, just given where he was minutes-wise. Again, Bud never says if there's a minutes restriction, so we're not aware of whatever minutes restriction might have been there. But fifteen feels right. Felt like, yeah, yeah, exactly. That that felt like the upper end of what Brooke Lopez was going to play in his first game back after such a long layoff. Um, you know, could they have brought Serge Ibaka in? Yeah, they could have done that, but. You know, the Jazz were playing small outside of Rudy. So basically it was, um, you know, Rudy plus shooting, essentially. And it was interesting. The Bucks, you know, made the decision. Giannis playing with four fouls. And then he fouled Rudy on a play down low to get his fifth foul. They go with Giannis at center. Um, and, you know, I, I thought there, again, a couple of times um, Rudy was able to get the ball down low. You know, they were able to get lobs over top. Um, it's again, it's really hard for anybody to play drop against them. Giannis is was no exception tonight, as good as he is defensively. I thought they looked more comfortable when Giannis was playing more aggressive. They got beat um, once when Giannis was really aggressive, um, but kind of like attack, hedging and then recovering seemed like kind of the best answer um, against that to kind of create a little bit of hesitation and confusion when Giannis was defending the pick and roll. And my other concern was just like, are they going to be able to box out Gobert and, and get enough rebounds, especially when Giannis is coming way out, hedging, and then trying to recover. And sometimes he's hedging, and that's creating chaos. And, you know, they're then kicking the ball around the perimeter and leading to shots. And, you know, Gobert was sometimes down there without necessarily a body to box him out. So um, I was definitely concerned that they were playing with fire, you know, essentially playing small down the stretch. I mean, it was Chris at the four, and then the other three guys on the floor were Drew, Javon Carter, and Wes Matthews. By the way, Wes Matthews, two three pointers tonight. Everybody, release, release the doves. That Wes he Matthews also hit had one. Three. 
He also hit one after uh, a foul was called. I heard it on the uh, net a net mic after the camera panned away. So back in form, Wes. It's 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 back. Hey, you know it's where he started his career down. in Utah. Yeah. So nice to see Wes. See if you go down. And um, I thought that was obviously the the versatility and just the doggedness. Ow. The doggedness <laughs> of those those three guys defensively on the wing um, was really important. And I mean. What, a, what an awesome vote of confidence from Bud to Javon Carter that he's throwing Javon Carter out there on a night when George Hill made his return, looked fine, like was not looking to shoot at all, but, you know, looked fine, right? We'll, we'll see. Obviously, he needs to get comfortable to get his rhythm back. But, um, but you know, he had some options. He didn't have to go with that. He played Grayson Allen a fair bit in the fourth, but I think they obviously made the decision that they wanted to have you know, better ball pressure. And that group of three obviously is, is very good at that. And so um, that was the closing group and obviously credit to them, not, not the biggest group, um, but they did what they needed to do. Drew with, um, you know, a couple big plays defensively. There was one play that looked like Giannis blocked Mitchell, I think it was with like 50 seconds left. And then they took it away. It was no block. I saw the replay. It looked like Drew actually might've blocked it, but then Drew didn't get a block on it either. So I'm calling shenanigans on the the Jazz scorers table for that one, but Drew with five steals tonight, and he had that great pick um, pickpocket on uh, Donovan Mitchell from behind with the grabbing it with his left hand. Um, obviously, you know, th- th- look, there are times I guess you notice especially because Wes and Javon Carter are, you know, so relentless in the way they pressure on the perimeter. Like Drew is is not at you know 100% Drew in the regular season, but he does dial it up down the stretch. Um, and obviously, you know, we've seen this repeatedly now over the past weeks where the Bucks, you know, again tonight, what they've have like a 112 defensive rating, something like that. Not a game that you were going to write home about from like a defensive um, perspective, but down the stretch, they were able to have enough ball pressure, you know, create some chaos. They made did that a bunch in the second quarter when they made that run to take the lead. And, um, you know, again, I, I don't know exactly how they're going to sort all, all the rotation stuff out um, when push comes to shove, but this is a great time of year to start to get healthy, give yourself, you know, a few weeks here at the end of the season to, to kind of try some things out, get guys back into rhythm. Pat Connaughton was taking shots without, uh, without a cast on, and he looks to be getting closer to return as well. And obviously seeing Brooke and George back on the floor. Um, I don't want to jinx anything, you know, um, unfortunately, DeAndre Bembry, you know, the the basketball gods took DeAndre Bembry's knee, uh, I guess, as a, as as some sort of, of punishment for these other guys getting healthy or something. But um, but obviously, a bunch of key guys now, hopefully, getting healthy and hopefully will stay healthy. And obviously, you know, that's all you can kind of hope for, especially for a team that has been through the gauntlet previously, and we know what they can do in the playoffs. You mentioned uh, that clutch steal, and I was thinking about this. Out of all players, Drew Holiday, out of current day players, probably has the best clutch steal highlight package. He just comes up. His ability to either poke the ball away to someone else, rip it out of someone's hands, jump, particularly on those passes under the basket, which was where it came tonight. He sort of just reaches around and somehow still controls the ball. But I just love steals, which is why I also love rockauto.com, where you can get all the steals you need. Uh, save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? 
Uh, for example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from your usual chain store, 216 bucks on Rock Auto. That is a steal. It's a family business as well. So you feel good about uh, going there and the prices are the same for an expert as they would be for someone like me. Uh, so go and explore the easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's uh, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Uh, you mentioned, speaking of Drew Holiday, though, I mean, this guy really over the last stretch here, all against good teams has been missed the fourth quarter. And I, I had to put, I remembered that I, I tweeted, they had those three games, Miami, Chicago, Phoenix. He had the game winner against Miami. He had 15 points in the fourth quarter against Chicago, 17 points in the fourth quarter against Phoenix. He had another 12 in the fourth quarter here. And he's such a fascinating player because he goes through these stretches. And certainly this regular season, he's gone through these stretches. Certainly in the playoffs last year, he went through these stretches. But he never really seems to lose confidence about taking big shots and quite honestly, tough shots. He hit one shot today, which was like from behind the backboard, which Chris Milton earlier in the game flipped up a left-hand push shot from behind the backboard as well. Thanasis was great. Thanasis has never been more amazed than his brother is Giannis. He was, that's how stunned he was about these two shots right in front of the Bucks bench there. But I don't think we can speak enough. You already mentioned to it, but Drew Holiday, win these big games, we spoke about this schedule that they had, and I know they had a bit of a stinker against the Warriors the other night, but overall, if, with these five big games that they've had to so far be four and one, I don't think you could have asked for much more. And you can pretty easily say, as good as Giannis has been, they might not win any of these games without Drew Holiday and the way he's played in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Just I, I just keep thinking about the playoffs, and obviously, Bucks have questions they have to answer around the closing rotation. You know, the PJ Tucker absence is is Wes Matthews the de facto kind of wing stopper guy even though again he's different than PJ doesn't play up doesn't play as big as PJ does but is probably better playing down um questions to be answered right health Brooke Pat is Pat's jump shot going to be back when when he returns um from from that hand injury but I think you know if you're ever needing some a dose of confidence you're ever feeling a little bit skeptical about the Bucks, and I have my moments. <laughs> um, just think about how much Drew, Drew Holiday struggled, you know, through the playoffs last year and how many games he had where he's just missing, missing shots, missing stuff around the basket, right? Um, and again, not to discount, A, the defense he played, which was incredible, um, and some of the big games that he did have, right? Think about what he did when Giannis went down in the Atlanta series. The jump shots he hit in Game Seven in the fourth quarter uh, against the Nets, um, Game Five uh, in Phoenix, he was incredible on both ends. But you know, at the end of the day, what was he like? Forty percent field goals, thirty percent overall. I mean, it was bad. It was it was like you know, if the Bucks don't win a title, there would have been a lot of like you know Drew Bledsoe um, yeah, yes. discussion happening, right? And fortunately, we don't have to go down that road. But um, we know he's way better than what he showed. Again, defensively, of course, the energy, maybe that took, takes him out of it. Um, it was interesting. He was on a JJ Reddick's podcast a little while back. And they asked him a bit about, like, you know, having the confidence to take shots. And, you know, he he kind of just, like, said, like, hey, my, you know, my teammates get mad at me if I don't, if I'm not aggressive, if I'm not looking for my shot. And um, 
it's I think it's just like again like is, is that shocking? No, like that that seems very like typical of the Bucks that they would encourage one of their key guys to take big shots and look for a shot and play with confidence. That's you know again how how they generally kind of operate. Um, <laughs> you know, like I, I say, a guy like Bud and most most great offensive coaches are not known for telling guys not to shoot shots, right? <laughs> Especially like a guy like Drew who is a guy that can score 20 points a night, right? Again, you, you got to you know, figure out how to get guys to take the right shots. Um, but I think with Drew, you know, it's important he be aggressive. And there are times, absolutely, sometimes he gets loose with the ball and some of the turnovers can look careless. Um, you know, that's where Chris and Drew, I think that's the, the one area I think this year, Chris and Drew have both been worse is that you look at the turnover numbers, they've been a little bit sketchier with that stuff. But um you know, and, and at times, like when Drew settles for like a little like step back mid rangers when he's he doesn't have it, sometimes like, yeah, I don't know if we want that shot, right? Or if they're losing and you know he settles for a step back two and things like that, it's like, damn, damn, that's a tough shot. <laughs> but um, this was just another night where you know the shot making was just really impressive. And you again, I don't think people around the league think of Drew as like a guy that can create offense or go be a bucket getter, but that's what he's done so often during these last two regular seasons, especially this season now in this last stretch of however, you know, many months it's been his ability to just like be like, all right, you know, Chris and Giannis are resting or, you know, things aren't working very well. And I'm, I'm bigger than who I'm bigger and stronger than whoever's guarding me. So I know, I I know I'm going to be able to get to, you know, the lane. I'm, I, if I want a, a 10 foot shot or a five foot shot, like I can get to that. Uh, and just his touch around the basket, um, you know, that arsenal of lefty righty stuff that he's got. Uh, it's just really impressive. And tonight was just another fun, fun night to watch him operate. And again, can't, you know, they don't win this game if he doesn't, you know, we talked about the huge fourth quarter he had, but they also don't win this game if he doesn't kind of stabilize things in the end of the third quarter mm-hmm. when stuff had really gone off the rails and Giannis gets the fourth foul, but puts Giannis on the bench and you kind of wonder, like, like, you know, are you saving Giannis for a fourth quarter when you're out of the game? And that was, that was my concern, but credit to Drew and the guys that were out there. You know, I think Wes Matthews hit a three at that point. Drew, uh, Brooke got to the line a couple of times and they were able to kind of claw their way back in and, and keep it respectable. And I will say this, Chris, well, first off, Chris hitting a lefty push <laughs> shot from the left baseline. I have never seen him do that. But I think we have seen him. I don't. I don't say like he doesn't do it every game, but there's definitely probably three or four times I feel like in the last few months we've seen him drive to the basket. And if he's driving like sort of to his left and he's got a man kind of on his right, we've seen him like use that little like lefty push shot, and you almost don't even notice it. But it's like a little like weird little runner push shot thing that he makes surprisingly. He's surprisingly good at it. So, um, and but it looks very similar. You know how Brooke Lopez practices those like super slow-mo little like 10 foot push shots with both hands that I, I don't know. It's like, it's like Chris is stealing some of uh Brooks pregame mojo a little bit with those shots. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and we're not even really talking about Chris tonight, but you know, you look at Chris again, he's obviously been playing a lot better over the past few months tonight, 23 points on 16 shots, four assists, uh, steal a block in 35 minutes. And I, again, like it just feels like so often night to night, your three best players are giving you big time production. And, you know, those guys tonight account for 82 points. Um, That's big time, especially on a night where Bobby Portis really kind of struggled and, you know, seven points on nine shots, you know, Bobby's had a few of these lately where he just kind of is, is not a big factor. Um, 
and yeah, they obviously needed those those the, the big three to to do what they did tonight. Well, it's nice to see that they've been doing this doing this in all these big games as well. Uh, make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast, though the national show for the network. They'll have you covered for everything that's happened in the NBA uh, the night before. Before we wrap this up, Frank, it's approaching one thirty a.m. I'm sure. I assume. Surely, like your wife is just like, listen, man, can can you just like, you, do you, do you need to be podcasting at one thirty a.m.? But anyway, that's a that's a problem for you to deal with. But I, I just saw on Twitter before we started this, uh, what player did you just tweet about, Frank? A name that I haven't thought about or saw or read for quite a while, but it was in relation to Javon Carter, and I I got a good <laughs> chuckle. I got a good chuckle out of it. <laughs> yeah, somebody who who was it? Uh, let's see. Lee M at Bangos Bucks gave me the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's a name I've not heard in a long time gif. Um, I My tweet was uh, that Javon Carter plays like Royale Ivy thought he played. <laughs> or or he, what, what, I, I forget. I, I forget the exact phrase. J- Javon Carter is what Royale Ivy thought Royale Ivy was. Um, yes, Royale Ivy, if, if people don't, don't recall, he was like a combo guard, uh, journeyman type type guy um who let me let me see the actual year that that he played with the bucks um he's now a, a coach somewhere but oh he's a coach in at tech he's an i think an assistant um yeah. at texas but um but yeah he uh he was like one of these guys who's like i i again i don't know if he actually like slapped the floor playing defense i, f- I feel like he he was that type of guy though like would press you full court and would be like you know he was like a total try hard type guy but I just remember, like, when I would look at his numbers, it's like the Bucks, were, I think, were like worse with him on the floor, and they were bad defensively, and he just committed a lot of foul. Like, he actually just like seemed to like foul a lot, and like, like wasn't actually like good defensively. Ligans, Ligans, like, oh, uh, yeah, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, uh, DeAndre Ligans, like, um, but uh, but yeah. So I just, I just for some reason, I had this, um, I had this just remembrance of uh of royal ivy he actually had two stints in milwaukee 0708 um played 75 games 1400 minutes i was actually a career high in minutes that year um minus nine three three points per 100 worse uh and then came back for 18 games in the 09 10 season um that was the fear of the deer run was he, i guess maybe was he on the, the fear of the deer team at the end of that year maybe um, he was a positive net guy that year. So I give, give, him, give him a little bit of credit, but, uh, but yeah, total try hard. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, Javon Carter, I mean, he's, he deserves a ton of credit. Like, you know, yes. um, he, he's, I mean, the three point shooting will, he will not continue to shoot 50% from three, but he hit a three hit, tonight. Hit another, that was a Ru- tough three. Rudy Gobert was right, right up face. in his face and he's like, I don't care. I'm shooting a rainbow over your head. Nothing but net. Javon yeah. Carter. I agree. And, I'm just gonna give him credit. And you know, the Bucks are up two with what was left? Like was it thirteen seconds left? Something twelve seconds left? I think it was like yeah. twelve or thirteen, yeah. yeah. Twelve point seven. Yeah. Um and the Bucks, uh Chris and and Drew have the ball, each get touches in the backcourt. They skip it ahead to Giannis um in kind of a two on one situation, and Giannis tries to throw a bounce pass that if it was a good bounce pass, Javon Carter might've had a layup, but <laughs> it was not a good bounce pass <laughs> and it almost went over his head. He's not a tall man. Um, and, uh, and so then they get the foul on him. And uh, I mean, I don't know, like, have I ever seen Javon Carter shoot big free throws? No, I have not. I've 
was a little bit like, well, okay, hopefully this works out well. He's he's an 80% career free throw shooter, but you know, has, has, has Javon Carter played, you know, really meaningful late game NBA minutes um, with regularity? Like, eh, probably not not a whole lot. So, um, credit to him. He knocked both knocked down both both of the free throws that made it, put it back to four. And then um, I think I think that was the right before uh, the Jazz ran a great ATO to get Donovan Mitchell wide mm. open three, which he missed, which was, I guess, sort of the fitting way for the Jazz. Um, the Jazz night to end because uh, Donovan Mitchell, who I, I feel like we we deserved as Bucks fans, we deserved to see John Donovan Mitchell have a five for 17 three point shooting performance and a 10 for 32 shooting performance. He had 29 points, but was hyper inefficient in doing so. Um, I feel like we've we've seen Donovan Mitchell have some like monster games against the Bucks where he just, you know, is pulling up from three and just, you know, kind of tearing your heart out. So um, I, I feel like this was kind of a, you know, cosmic mean regression game for, for Donovan Mitchell against the Bucks. Um, and so, and, and I mean, Mike Conley, who's had some rough games of late, he had had 29 on 13 shots, six out of nine from three. So he was the guy who played really well. Gobert was, was good, you know, 18 points on six of eight, 14 rebounds. Um, but they lost his minutes and thankfully Jordan Clarkson, who I also feel like has had some heat check games uh since he went to utah he was three out of 14 and i thought you know carter west matthews drew i thought they did a really nice job of just pressuring jordan clarkson and you know he was taking he takes a lot of tough shots regardless um but uh but tonight obviously they were not going in so you know i thought mike conley probably had the easiest night in terms of the shots he was getting um and uh you know again maybe they could have done a little bit better there but overall um thought the bucks did a nice job and I don't know what the what the Jazz were in the first quarter. I know they hit 10 threes. I don't know if it was 10 for 15 or what what, what the number was, but they end at 17 of 48. Um, so I'll just guess if they were 10 for 15, then they finished seven of 33 to end the game. So <laughs> just just a reminder, you know, I mean, team shoots so many threes now, like y- you get the mean reversion usually kicks in, right? If teams have a crazy hot start to to a game, and the fact that the Bucks hung in there and we're also making some threes and you know, after a quarter, they were only down two. Um, I, I felt pretty good actually at that point. Cause it was just like, all right, jazz. I mean, they're not going <laughs> to famous last words, but they're not going to make 43s tonight. Right. So, um, so obviously that, that kind of bent back in the bucks favor and end of the day, bucks only took 31 threes, but 12 out of 31, 39% um, and made five more free throws than the jazz as well. So obviously they were able to claw back, um, a bunch of those and interestingly the the teams were tied 38 38 in the paint but the the area that the bucks won resoundingly was the mid-range which i guess we can thank uh drew holiday and chris middleton for 18 to 2 uh from the mid-range so um that was important and again saturday the thing that really jumped out about saturday because the the warriors and bucks were pretty much even in terms of i I think the warriors only had like one more three-point make than the bucks for all the clay thompson um highlights you know steph obviously did basically nothing uh but bucks just got killed on the boards right by a warriors team that is not big right they got so many offensive rebounds even on the rare times when they missed i thought the bucks just looked a step slow all night um and again tonight jazz 13 offensive rebounds 27 percent offensive rebound rate versus 16 percent for the bucks so better better work on the glass by the jazz than than the bucks tonight um but you know, thankfully they were able to kind of weather that and, uh, and obviously come out on the other side with 
a very nice win. And we'll see these last two games on the road trip are definitely not um, definitely easier games. You would say on paper than the first two uh, in Sacramento, uh, the Dante DiVincenzo revenge game. He had 15 points against the bulls tonight in a win. So um, Dante, he was shooting 33% in Sacramento coming into this game, but, um, but obviously nice. Again, if you had told me you were going to split the first two in Golden State and Utah, I would have said, sure, right? <laughs> like, take that. And then now, obviously, you you see if you can try to get these next two in Sacramento and, and Minnesota. And obviously, Minnesota is a much better team this year. And Carl Towns just went for 60 tonight. So um, so we'll see. But, you know, leaves the Bucks in pretty solid shape. And with the, the, with the Sixers losing again tonight, um, Bucks are only two losses back of the Heat, only two games back, 45-24 for the Heat versus 43 and 26 for the Bucks. Going to be really difficult to catch the Heat, I think, just given the the Bucks strength of schedule. But the interesting thing is, I mean, the Bucks strength of schedule has been going down because of some of the difficult teams they've been playing. So they no longer have the most difficult uh, strength of schedule in the league. So, um, so again, not that they have an easy way the rest of the way. A lot of road games still. Uh, on the docket, but, um, you know, again, if, if you can win these last two games on the road, um, or even honestly, even if you go one and one, not the end of the world, um, you know, big thing, I think macro wise is just try to play better basketball, better basketball, reintegrate Brooke Lopez and, um, stay healthy. Well, I guess they've won seven of their last eight now. So they've put themselves in, uh, at the front of this, uh, big pack anyway, but, uh, I think more than anything, I was watching the Bucks today and I was seeing all those guys out on the floor. I was seeing Pat Connaughton and remembering it's just a hand. It's just a hand. He's fine. He's going to be back on the floor here in the next week or so. Uh, so I was like excited about that. It was cool to see everyone back there, seeing Brook Lopez play at all. Uh, like I said last night, I think he's been a guy that, you know, in the bigger picture, national media probably had maybe don't have as good of an understanding of how important he is to this team. We've both said, Frank, that if he doesn't come back, we think they would struggle to win a title. So it was just good to see him back. And some would say earlier than we expected. I thought it might be closer to the end of this month. So it was good to see him uh, out there tonight. We'll be back tomorrow, and then we'll lead into this uh, Dante DiVincenzo revenge game in Sacramento. And shout out to our friend Mitchell Maurer, Sacramento local now. Uh, maybe he'll be at the game. I don't know. We haven't asked him if he's going, but uh, but we'll see. But we'll be back tomorrow. Maybe I need to get Mitchell, the local, on the podcast and just get the vibe around Dante and, and the streets of Sacramento. Anyway, let's leave it there. I, I think, I think. I mean, Mitchell has has two kids, but I'm sure he just, like, you know, does the man on the street thing in Sacramento, just yeah. walking up yeah. to people, just Straight asking talk. them, asking them, and he's trying to figure out, like, what, you know, hey, Dante DiVincenzo, right? What's yeah. what's your take? So Maybe we can get him to do that tomorrow and then put it on the pod. Anyway, let's, let's wrap it up. The Bucks win. They beat the Jazz. First time. In 750 years, as I mentioned at the start of the pod, uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Frank and myself. Take it easy.